Yeah, you're too fat, basically, uh, to yeah. do anything at our clinic. You're going to have to lose. Not true. <laughs> yeah, right? No. Anybody can get pregnant. Yeah. Like, anybody, everybody gets pregnant. Like, anybody. Anybody. <laughs> yeah. Right. Can get pregnant. So they said I was going to have to lose about at least 20 pounds to qualify for their, like, loophole process, which was to go to another state to do the egg retrieval. What? Yeah. Yeah. It is a whole convoluted system. And like, oh my God, it just felt like roadblock after roadblock with them. Mm -hmm. Well, hello there, you beautiful folks. Welcome to the Queer Family Podcast, the show all about family, but with gay. (laughs) My name is Jamie and I'm your host. And if you are looking for stories that affirm and uplift and celebrate your LGBTQIA plus family, you are in the right place. Or if you're looking to learn how to create your LGBTQIA plus family, you are also in the right place. You know what? Also, if you are an ally just looking to see how to support families like ours, this is the right place for you. And if you actually are just like a neighbor of a queer couple who you haven't got up the nerve to ask how they made that baby of theirs, but you really want to know, this is also the right place for you to come and learn a lot about how we create our families before you go ask that nosy question. (laughs) because intent matters when you ask that question. So get informed first, allies. Let me just give a little shout out to the allies too, who are listening here. I appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in. I know we have a lot of allies who tune in. That means the world to me to hear that there are folks who are not in the queer community who still tune in and get something out of this here little show. It warms my heart to know that. If you're an ally and you want to, Tell me how this show, the impact this show has had on you or what you've learned on the show. Please feel free to reach out, thequeerfamilypodcast at gmail.com. Find me on social at the Queer Family Podcast or, you know, send me a voice message on our phone number, which is 646-470-1840. You can send a text and you can send a voice message to actually be put into an intro of one of our shows, if I like what you say. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I want to hear from all of you. So please, come on, come on, call in. Let's hear it. Also, this episode today. Okay. All right. Let me just get into this episode today. Chelsea and Megan, beautiful, beautiful couple, trans woman and a cis woman got together, had a little U-Haul situation and then made a baby in that order. But wasn't that simple? As we all know, It's never that simple for our queer families. They face some biases along the way, including actually a a bias that is not queer-centric. It is is centric to everyone. Megan faced some BMI bias, body bias, and a clinic wasn't going to take her because of her BMI. So that's a story that isn't necessarily queer-centric, but is definitely something that needs to be talked about and change needs to happen with that. So we go into that. And I do want to give you a little trigger warning. There is talk of a possible miscarriage in this episode. So if you are someone who is sensitive to stories surrounding miscarriage, even the idea of a miscarriage, um, you might want to skip through that little section. But listen to the rest because it's really good. That's all I'm going to say about Chelsea and Megan's story. But these two souls, they just warmed my heart. 
when I spoke with them and it was a really sweet interview. So I'm excited for y'all to listen. But before I roll that tape, I have to shout out our newest Patreon members. A huge thank you to Fabiana and Emily. You know who you are. I see you. I see you. And I thank you. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much for joining Patreon. It really does mean the world to me. And you too can join Patreon. If you have a little extra cash in your pockets and you want to give it to a cause that really means something and a cause that actually I still don't make any money on this. I'm not going to lie, y'all. I still don't make any money. This is all just to tell these stories. So if you want to help out in telling these stories and possibly maybe getting me paid one day, possibly, like I don't even know, consider joining my Patreon, patreon.com slash the queer family podcast. That's all I'm going to say about that. And I don't like to ask for money, but you know, every little bit counts and every little bit helps. In personal news, today was the first day of school for my children. Finally, finally. I feel like New York City is the last city to have school back. California has been in school for like three weeks, a month. And we're still over here at summertime. And I let me, I needed this. I needed them to be back in school. I need the routine back. I have loved having my kids. I have loved having the, the summertime. But, you know, as these weeks come to a close in summer, the camps stop being offered. And the past week, I've just had my kids with me, which is great, but also exhausting, especially when you work from home and you have nobody else to do your work for you. Uh, (laughs) so it's been trying it's been hard so my kids are back in school y'all but you know what parents out there I feel you the struggle is real it's time we all get back to a normal structure and schedule (laughs) okay that's all I'm going to say about that I hope you all are enjoying your time right now as the summer comes to a close and we head into fall Uh, I love y'all Please do all the things. Follow, rate, review, subscribe. Every little bit helps. Every little bit counts. And I love you. I hope you enjoy this episode. And I'll see you on the flip side. Thank you so much. (laughs) Queer Family Podcast. Love is love. Hi, Chelsea and Megan. Hello. It is so lovely to see you here on the computer screen. I'm so happy to meet you. Happy to meet you too. Yeah. You know what? Let's just let's jump right in so our listeners know who you are and why you're here. We're going to jump right into that 30 second elevator pitch because you're going to explain yourself so much better than <laughs> I ever could. I'm going to do it a little of our on your market sets go. Okay. Are we ready? I'm going to put ready. the timer up, but don't get nervous. This is all in <laughs> love and fun. <laughs> on your marks, get set, go. I'm Chelsea. I'm 33. I'm Megan. I'm a 35-year-old cis woman. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a trans woman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met in 2018 online. Mm-hmm. Um, moved in six, six months, months later. later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Had a 2020 like COVID girls. wedding. <laughs> and now are the parents of a beautiful five-month-old baby boy named Jameson, who we call Jamie. So if we interchange it, you know. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Wait, is that it? Because That's you made it. it under 30 seconds and that was beautiful. And also, obviously I named Jameson, right? Like, exactly. is that- <laughs> <laughs> Actually, also That's- after a, a favorite aunt of Chelsea's too. Yeah. <laughs> so- oh, okay. Okay, I'll take that. One of my nicknames when I worked in a restaurant was Jameson for Jameson on the rocks. Cause I was really into oh, it. Really? So <laughs> there you go. Basically. Well, that's the thing we figured out. If you name your kid after your favorite alcohol, yes. people bring it to you when he's born. <laughs> we have so many bottles of Jameson. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
Oh my, that's amazing. <laughs> I should have named my daughter Chardonnay. There you go. <laughs> Dang, I missed out on that one. Shoot. All right. Let's dive in because it sounds like there was a bit of a U-Haul situation <laughs> as we do. Just a little bit. Let's hear about this U-Haul situation that happened. Well, we met online uh, prior to Chelsea's transition, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. she let the me know. Times. The dark times. <laughs> the dark she told times. me on her uh, third date about it. Um, so it was kind of like always been a part of our relationship. It wasn't but really wasn't... on the third date. It was after the third date and it was through a text message. They, yeah, whatever. <laughs> through a text message? <laughs> yeah. As you do. As you do. <laughs> Wait, what did the text message say? Can I ask? You have a better memory I than do. I do. <laughs> I know it scared the shit out of you. Well, yeah, because she, she, but... <laughs> she started it by saying, I really like you, but, and I'd had so many people say uh, that, you know, like, that's the breakup line. I really like yeah. you, but I'm not that into you. <laughs> right, right, right. But Ugh. she uh, she just kind of said, I need to tell you something. Um, I'm okay if you need to bail kind of thing. But I really feel mm. like I need you to know. Um, and then, of course, I was working at the time. And so... <laughs> I couldn't respond right away. So I think it was probably the most frantic. I was white knuckling out at work for like four hours. (laughs) Oh my God. That must have been such a scary text to send. Oh yeah. I was shaking. That was. I can only imagine. Probably the most terrified I've been like considering like our first date. Like the nerves going into that. No. I was. (laughs) Yeah. I was useless at work that day. (laughs) Oh, and then you responded, all good. Let's do it. I responded like I, I thought it was honest. It, it it stressed you out for a while, but I was kind of like, well, I don't really know how I'll feel about this in the future. But for right now, I'm totally into you and I want to give this a go and let's see where it, ha- it, it heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I guess leaving that I don't know how I'll feel in the future kind of stressed her out for her first couple of years of the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. We're, we're, we're good here. You're, you're good now. But so, okay, wait. Did you say that it was a dating app you met on? Yeah, we met on Match. We met on Match, yeah. Were you living the, the straight lifestyle? Like, what was the situation when you when you two met? She'd only I'm, told two people. I'd only told two people at that point. So she was full on living the straight life. I, I, I was, this, yeah. I identify as bisexual. She's lucky she, she got that. <laughs> <laughs> but... But like Megan, you were on the dating site to meet a guy. I was. Yep. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. No. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> oh my god, it's the best. It's like the best outcome. Right. It's super clear. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So like by our wedding in 2020, all of our family knew, but she was still not um socially transitioning. And so there's a lot of stuff going on. Like as soon as yeah. we like we knew we wanted children from that's one mm-hmm. of the first things we talked about mm-hmm. was our desire to have children. So like leading up to the wedding, I was going to the really gross clean room and doing <laughs> unspeakable things to a cup. <laughs> <laughs> we banked everything <laughs> literally the week before the wedding. Yeah, it was very awkward. And also this was leading up to your transition too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like we had actually hit, I I had hit a point like just before we started getting to the wedding because we had we had told each other like we're gonna start trying and then as soon as like we're pregnant like you can start hormones and I was super that was stoked the original for that plan. We tried mm-hmm. for what about a year? Almost no, like nine months or nine so. Months, yeah, you tried like baby making. Actively tried. We baby tried making, baby making. Yep. 
You did like you baby danced like the old fashioned. Tried. Like, uh-huh. Yeah. Tried. My, dys- was, my dysphoria wasn't super. Well, that, yeah, but that wasn't that even the biggest uh-huh. challenge. What we ended up finding was I was tracking my fertility during that period. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. I discovered through that process and then through IVF that I have PCOS. And so I uh-huh. only like ovulated, I think, one time in those nine yeah. months. And uh-huh. so we were just not <laughs> not getting anywhere the old fashioned way. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's crazy, man. That sucks. And it was ready. It was time for her to transition regardless of that. That was always our plan. It was like, oh, we'll save money. We'll get pregnant with the first kid naturally. We won't have to do IVF, IUI or anything. Right. And then you can transition and then we'll do a second kid with all the, you know, the other banked. things, banked stuff. But the banked stuff. then I threw a wrench in it and said, I have to start <laughs> hormones soon. Now. What was it like for you, Chelsea? Can you like walk us through just... The, your experience. Sorry, I'm trying to find the words for it because it's mm-hmm. just like you're your time. you're literally in the wrong body, and mm-hmm. like for me in particular, like it was like kind of bugs crawling over the skin. Like I need to get out <sighs> of this. I need mm-hmm. to do something. There's a term in the trans community. It's your mileage may vary, and like I wanted to start as soon as I possibly could because like I had done this for. 20 or no actually i started at 30 so about 30 years so she was worried about how much progress she was going to get from just hormones and like you know what what would actually be successful for her right because you were you were starting this transition 30 years into your life and did you always know or is this was this a realization you made later i've always known like i i told my mom when i was like 12 or 13 years old and i kind of got the when you're out of my house you can do whatever you want they're very supportive now they're very supportive now they've definitely that's good and chelsea's also a very compassionate person and so even if she got a little pushback she's gonna be like okay never mind i'll close myself up and not not do what i want because yeah that and being like involved like in the church at the time too Mm -hmm. like which Mm -hmm. not gonna get into that (laughs) oh the church (laughs) Yeah. yeah oh that church always throws a wrench in these things that was a very toxic part of my life yeah yeah, I can imagine. Which is just overcompensating because you're feeling defensive about your own identity. Anywho. <laughs> Not, no, this is, listen, this is it. This is your story. So we want to hear everything that you want to tell us about your beautiful, beautiful story towards your beautiful, beautiful family and relationship. It's Thank all you. love and beauty here. It is. All of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So, oh, you, you two are cute. <laughs> Chelsea, you're like, I can't, I can't wait any longer. I have to make this happen now. Mm-hmm. And then what happens? So that's when she deposited samples <laughs> at the bank. Deposited <laughs> the stuff. The stuff. And then started hormones a month after our wedding. Yeah, about a month. About a month. And we set up for a consultation at a clinic. So I got a referral from like my doctor for mm-hmm. a fertility clinic. Mm-hmm. And we went to that one. Our first appointment was on our honeymoon. It was. It was a virtual <laughs> oh. appointment on our honeymoon when we were. Nice. And it was luckily the last day of our honeymoon because it kind of went poorly. It went horribly. Why? My worst fear basically yes. was realized of like, we're talking to them and and they get our raw, raw information and say, so yeah, you're too fat basically uh, to yeah. do anything at our clinic. You're going to have to lose. Yeah, right? yeah. Anybody can get pregnant. Yeah. Like, 
Anybody, everybody gets pregnant. Like, anybody. Anybody. Yeah. <laughs> right. Can get pregnant. So they said I was going to have to lose about at least 20 pounds to qualify for their like loophole process, which was to go to another state to do the egg retrieval. What? Yeah. Yeah. It is a whole convoluted system. And like, oh my God. It just felt like roadblock after roadblock with them. Mm hmm. I mean, you did get your formal diagnosis through that. Yeah, I didn't know there was anywhere else to go, right? Yeah. So we like were like, okay, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to lose weight. And so we're in Washington and the, the hospital they wanted me to go to is in Portland. And my brother and sister-in-law live there. So I was like, I guess I'll just stay with them when I do the mm -hmm. egg retrieval. Like yeah. we're like making the plans. We go to mm -hmm. the appointments. They give me the diagnosis of PCOS. And then we're kind of on pause with them because then it's basically lose the weight and get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. Um and then we'll like move forward. Oh my God. That's awful. Yeah. And also like you are getting your period. You're just not ovulating. That's yeah. What you yeah. And my period was like, right. you know, so it would be delayed. Like it would be closer to, you know, six to eight weeks, depending on like, oh. you know, what's going on. But yeah, it, it's been somewhat regular. <laughs> we were pretty discouraged. I think we had to wait all the way almost that whole year because we had our, our appointment in May. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then I don't think we figured anything out until closer to like, October. Yeah, it was so. about October because I started researching other places and we found another place. We heard through the grapevine that the University of Washington <laughs> did not have a BMI cutoff for their um, fertility clinic. Mm -hmm. And so okay, I like great. tearfully went to Chelsea one day and I was like, you have to make the call. I can't call. If they tell me there is, I will break down. Like you need to be the one to call them. <sighs> oh, it's terrible. It's so, that's so heart wrenching. Yeah. Like, yeah. Especially because it's not scientifically backed. Like no. your BMI yeah, is, is not going to affect the outcome of if you get pregnant or not. I mean, I'm not a scientist, but I know all types of bodies with uteruses get pregnant. Exactly. So, what we ended up finding yeah. out through the process was that the clinic, we, the first clinic we went to, their operating table, so like their table they put you on for the egg retrieval, has a weight maximum. And that is why they have a BMI max because yeah. they can't take all body people at their clinic. What the fuck? Excuse <laughs> my friend. Like get a new table. Exactly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have really bad potty mouth. <laughs> so do I get a new table. I mean, are you kidding? Like what the, so we got the ah. news that the university of Washington didn't have a BMI cutoff. And okay. so we like got onto their list, which of course was, you know, a couple months out the whole process. It's like when you're mm. in it, Everything feels like it takes forever. You're like, oh my sure God, does. I have to wait another month and I have to do another month. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we finally got in there mm -hmm. and it was like night and day different because it, it was. was like, they didn't even they were super supportive. care. They didn't mess up my pronouns at all. Yep. Really. Oh, that's great. They were super supportive of us. Yeah. It was amazing. We purposely delayed it at least a month. That's the other one that was a frustrating one is through that process. We had heard that Chelsea's insurance, which we're both under because I'm self-employed. Yes was going to cover fertility treatments starting they in the new year. They sent out a big flyer <laughs> throughout our entire oh. system saying like, oh, we have fertility benefits now. It covers up to eight rounds IUI. And like, and oh, three like rounds of three, three rounds IVF. Oh my God. And it was like, oh my God, this is perfect. And yeah. like, we're also like trying to like start our family, like buy a house. Buy a house. We yeah. ended up buying a house. And then that January, we called them and said, hi, so we we're hoping to start fertility treatments. And um, they said, oh, sorry, um, you guys actually aren't covered for that. 
because Why? I am under what's uh, a collective bargaining. I'm in a union. So they didn't have to cover the union because their contract's not up until next year. Yeah. So when the company's like, we're going to cover this, they're really saying we're only going to cover this for our employees and not our union employees. Yeah. What? But we wow, call this a... is also after I called them twice to yeah. confirm it, just to make sure like we're covered. And both times, oh, said, oh yeah, you guys are covered. You guys are totally fine. Oh my God. That's so f- infuriating heartbreaking at that time like we both just bawled on the phone it wasn't her fault like she's just falling bright and we're both crying and like i can hear her on the phone just like sniffling and like i'm so sorry (laughs) i i get it i get it and so okay so then what do you do what'd you do what happened we um, had to take out a loan. We took out a loan. Because yeah. like <sighs> the decisions we I'm, had made were based on having that coverage. Damn. And you've already delayed it mm-hmm. to get this coverage. Mm-hmm. You're already months and months in yeah. because of all of the hoopla you already went through. Where'd you get the loan from? My employer has this credit union and we were able to talk to them and they were like, yeah, we can help you with that. And we were. So we just got a personal loan to yes, cover. We got a personal loan. Is annoying. Oh, as very annoying. All hell. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see that little charge, it's like, <laughs> I know. I know. You get the loan and you got enough for like one cycle, right? Or did- basically, yeah. Basically, yeah. That's where being having PCOS is helpful. <laughs> because Oh, why? Uh, because I overproduce um follicles. Oh, and so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we were uh, we had, luckily were able to do only one round of it of an um, yeah. egg retrieval. I don't know if I could make it through a second round, to be completely honest. Megan has a <laughs> yeah. very bad needle phobia. And uh, so I ooh. did all of the shots for her, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. even when I had uh-huh. COVID. <laughs> yeah. That was a fun process because I would come out fully masked up, face shield. I'd sit on the floor and then she'd back up and I'd give her, <laughs> give her the shot, shot and it took us. <laughs> Your shots were in the butt? Uh, when I was actually pregnant. Yeah. Um, for the progesterone shots. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so many shots. <laughs> right? I don't even know. So many so freaking many shots. shots. We did one round. We got, uh, I think we got like 15 eggs. Awesome. 11 of them fertilized. And then wow, 10 yeah. matured. 10 but then eventually matured. we only ended up with eight we, yeah. that were viable at the end. So, but eight is like, okay. I was like, good. We don't have to do another one. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. a great outcome. For I now. mean, as yeah. outcomes go, that's pretty great. Right. And there was no issue with... I, I don't know if you don't like the word sperm. So there was no issue with Chelsea. There I mean, was. Yeah. Oh, so we were you don't hoping. have to talk about it. No, you're no, fine. No, it's fine. Okay. They, were, they were fat, dumb, and slow. Um, <laughs> <You're> <laughs> <laughs> when I went in for like the quality check, uh-huh. they were just like, um, yeah, you don't really produce a lot. I think your numbers were okay. Yeah. Fresh, but fresh, then yeah, post but freeze, like post freeze, like they just died. So that was another factor of us having to do IVF versus With IUI, because yeah. um, we ended up having right. to do ICSI. So we had to like mm. literally hand pick. They had to hand pick the good sperm. <laughs> Wait, what's ICSI? What is that? What does that stand? All I know is they take, they go and they find a sperm that looks okay or whatever. They there might be more to it, and then they like go. There you go, buddy. Yeah. And pop. so it's where they individually <laughs> fertilize each egg rather than like the other way where they put the sperm in the petri dish with the egg and let the sperm do their thing. The, the survival of the fittest. Exactly. This, you actually pick the They pick the, winner. the specific sperm and, and fertilize Crazy each Crazy what they can egg. do, right? Right? Oh okay. It wasn't because of hormones, right? I wasn't on hormones when I was. Oh, not yet. 
once you're on hormones, like your counts just eventually Drop. just go away. So, which is the goal, right? It is the goal. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm done with that part of my life. <laughs> awesome. I'm so happy for you for that. And I'm so happy you made it through. One round, you get, you had eight fertilized. And then, and then we had to wait a month because of my PCOS. Then they didn't want, they were, there was a risk for um, the one where your ovaries get too big during IVF. Overstimulated. What yeah. is it called? OHS yes. And, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah. You're so scientific on this podcast. <laughs> yeah, Everybody is tuning in to hear the term for sure. Oh my God. It's like the overstimulated ovary <laughs> syndrome yeah, or yeah. something like that. Yeah. See, we know that we know kind of. Okay. Right. We didn't want your ovaries to blow up. Yeah. So we couldn't do our fresh transfer. So we had to do a frozen. And ironically, I don't know if it's ironic or not, it's kind of a little depressing, but our transfer date fell on the Friday that Roe v. Wade got overturned. So here we are walking into the clinic, trying to get pregnant on the day that millions of women's rights got taken away from them. Oh my God. It was a weird moment to kind of have. Yeah. But we went in and I think both of us had this like, well, we'll we're just going to pretend it's working until they tell us otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> right. I forgot the best part when we learned our baby's nickname. Oh, right. <laughs> so yes. we did the transfer and the tech was doing, who's doing the ultrasound. She like was showing us afterwards of like, you know, this, the embryo going in and she goes, see, there it goes. Bloop. And thus. Their name was Bloop at the moment. <laughs> our whole pregnancy, <laughs> our baby was named Bloop. Because we didn't, we, didn't, we didn't want to know the sex. Yeah, we chose not to know the sex of our baby the whole pregnancy. Yeah. Um, so we just called him Bloop the whole time because we had no idea until he was born. Yeah. Amazing. But Amazing. yeah, that first transfer took, and I still am in shock that that was. As yeah, that was a huge surprise. I figured we were going to have to do a couple of rounds. Do a couple rounds before we got anywhere congrats and so much for that dumb bmi thing right mm-hmm. yeah. oh, whoa yeah. oh yeah right i definitely yeah. had that feeling at the end of the pregnancy when i like you know dropped the the bloating weight from that i like i didn't gain much in the pregnancy at all but i dropped it and i looked at it and i was like i'm still 10 pounds away from the other clinic like i now have a baby in front of me and i still wouldn't qualify to use that other clinic yep. in your face other clinic yeah. look at my baby like <laughs> Congratulations. And now Jameson, a.k.a. Jamie, a.k.a. my namesake, (laughs) is how old? He is five months old now. Five months. How's it going? It's amazing. It's frustrating. And I'm built for it. I'm so excited. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. And you have like the dream. You're both genetically related to... Your child. Yeah. That's the that's the queer dream right there. Right. <laughs> I've definitely had some thoughts about that. Just in like I've hated my body for so long. Mm. And like Jameson doesn't exist without this body. Mm-hmm. And so it's this weird <sighs> I just don't know how to describe it now. It's just that's how I feel a lot too. It's like this appreciation that like, you know, Chelsea will talk about wishing she had transitioned earlier in life. And I look at her and I'm like, except I don't know if we would have had like, I don't know if we would have met, considering we met on a straight dating app. I don't yeah. know if we would have, like, had the life that we have now if you had cha- transitioned earlier yeah. in life. Right. It is interesting. It's a really interesting to think thing to think about, too. And, you know, your feelings about your body, right? Yeah. And, yeah, that's deep. That's layered. Yeah. That's really layered. And you have this beautiful little child that you wouldn't have otherwise. Right. 
We had a, a fun, annoying pregnancy too because it was yeah. like we didn't get a breather in pregnancy. Not really. Well, what happened? The first appointment we went in after we found out you were pregnant, mm-hmm. like they put you up on the table, they started looking around with the wand, and there was no heartbeat. <gasps> couldn't um, find the heartbeat. They couldn't find the heartbeat. And, and this were... is six weeks, right? So, like, it's not yeah. completely unusual to not get a heartbeat at six mm-hmm. weeks. They see the sack and the sack's measuring correctly and everything else. So, they're like, yeah. come back next week and we'll see what's so, going on. Yeah. And so, we, you know, panic week and then we well, come back. Yeah, that was the, that was a long week. Uh-huh. It was all long yeah. weeks, honestly. Plus, we're driving, like, over an hour to get to this clinic. And so, it's, yeah. like, <laughs> kind of frustrating to keep coming back every yeah. So we come back for the seven week ultrasound and there's a heartbeat and we're there's both like, we're super excited, oh my and God, then, but like, the nurse just uh, walks out and uh, then the doctor she comes back she, in yeah. and we're like, okay, so everything's good, right? Like we have a heartbeat. We see like the, the development signs of the baby. And she tells us that the heartbeat is too slow for, you know, because like what with they IVF, expect. they're like, you know, oh, well, we know exactly how old the embryo was. We know exactly when it went in your body. So <laughs> we know exactly how far along you should be. Yeah. And they're like, the heartbeat is not fast enough for seven weeks. It's measuring more than a week behind. And so she said the fatal words of, we expect this to end in a miscarriage. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. We went from super, super happy to yeah trying to accept that. Mm-hmm. Chelsea went right mm. into the emotional piece of it, which I appreciate. And I, of course, like push it aside and went right into, okay, so when this ends in a miscarriage, how soon can I start again? What's the process? Right. Like, you know, I start going into that, that mentality. But basically they had us come back a week later to see what's going on. If I hadn't had a miscarriage at that point, yeah. at this point, I'm still like, I'm making follow-up plans with my um, OB, like, you know, for later in the month and, we come back for the eight-week ultrasound, and baby is still progressing on track, just still measuring a week behind. So, like, hmm. has developed a whole other week, but is still behind where they expect him to be. Yeah. Um, and so, at this point, they're like, oh, well, we'll have you come back again next week. And I'm like, do I have to? Like, what is the reason here? Can I wait for my ultrasound at my OB instead? Because it was just so stressful waiting each yeah. week to come Patient back. Every single week. That's when I found out that apparently that was for my benefit. They're like, oh, no, we just, most people want to see that it's still progressing. I'm like, no, right. I don't need it. No. <laughs> so we, we graduated from the IVF clinic at that point. They're like, that's fine if you want to wait for your OB appointment. And so we went to the OB, I think, at... 12 weeks yeah, I think and did the mm-hmm. that first ultrasound with them and there was a baby still developed just as far as it should still measuring behind but huh. still progressing on track for measuring a week behind yeah and he huh. basically did that the entire the entire pregnancy that and like <laughs> hide and go seek champion oh yeah um like because they they because of like IVF, like there's some risk factors for like some cardiac um, abnormalities. And so we had to go in and have his heart checked and like mm-hmm. they were looking around and they're like, well, the, the t- mm. doctor came in and immediately starts drawing on his board to like describe like a, a heart. heart. <laughs> but like I'm hearing what I see in that moment is, oh my God, he is describing something horribly wrong with our baby. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Just really, go to the he, doom. Just, he just showed how the heart heart works, and then he goes, "Well, everything we could see, it looks good." <laughs> and it's like, and that's but kind there's of stuff we, we might not see. 
Right. <laughs> that was great. Like, awesome. Huh? awesome. Thank you. <laughs> That's how I kind of viewed my whole yeah. people would be like, how's the pregnancy going? I'm like, well, all of my doctors want there to be something wrong because I'm old, you know, because I was gonna be 35 when the baby was born. I'm mm-hmm. overweight. Oh. And it was an IVF pregnancy. So there has to be something wrong with this baby. But everything keeps coming back fine. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I don't understand. Oh, God, so stressful, though. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then they did, they did the, you know, induction, like the the more common thing right now from what my doctor was saying is that they want to induce IVF babies at 38 weeks because the placenta could potentially start to die off earlier in an IVF pregnancy. And so they really? want you to like, yeah, they yeah. want you to have the baby earlier at like considered term at 38 weeks. Huh. And so they were going to plan an induction date for me. And then the week before that my blood pressure right uh raised a little bit and uh, again it was like just over what's considered normal blood pressure but i think because of my weight my doctor immediately went to oh my gosh she's gonna have preeclampsia we need to get her in this mm-hmm. week so we ended up having him at 37 weeks. that was an exciting appointment <laughs> yeah oh my god i guess feel about having a baby this week huh <laughs> uh, <laughs> i guess you know yeah, yeah, oh wow and then he came out healthy and everything was fine and he gave me the the whole run around because his uh big old head got stuck in my pelvis yeah so we labored for you know over 24 hours or more and then ended up with a c-section yeah Uh, (laughs) and then he came out fine with you right (laughs) yeah that happened to me i had an emergency c there were all kinds of problems during my labor, though. Like it just kept. There was a lot of stuff. There's a there's an episode about it. Go listen to it. It's like season, it's like season two. Jamie had a baby. It was a crazy, crazy birth. It sounds like you were not allowed to breathe throughout your entire pregnancy. So, but now he, he's here. Yeah, he's he here. here, and he's perfectly healthy. Yeah, that was fun sitting in there <laughs> for the for the actual like C section part of it, and like. All of a sudden, they say, okay, here's the baby. And I was like, it's Jameson. Because <laughs> we had our boy and our girl we, we name picked out. And so she was going to announce Aww. to me if it was a boy or a girl. And she chose to say that by saying, it's Jameson. And I was like, what? Really? Because we were convinced we were having a girl. We were very convinced. Oh, wow. Very convinced how we were funny. having a girl. All the way up until going in, all the doctors started telling me they thought it was a boy. But everybody else was like, no, it's a girl. I'm just hoping. It couldn't change it now if you wanted to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you never know. You never know how he's gonna how he's gonna grow up, right? In the world, right. So, go <laughs> out. Who knows? Um, whoever he is, it's he's beautiful, and exactly. that's all that matters. Yeah. And he's healthy, or they're healthy, I should say. Yeah. It seems like there was a lot of stress around the pregnancy, but it doesn't sound. And this is, I'm, I'm hoping I'm bringing in a positive here. It doesn't sound like there was any like bias against you two for the queer part or. Or was there? Luckily, with like being in Seattle, and yeah. that's the hospital we were at for the birth is like actually in the right outside of Seattle. There was no bias. There was no second guessing the birth certificate. You can have it say parent one and parent two. Yeah. Like everything around that was fantastic. The only thing that really happened was in the actual birth, the C section. Like, oh yeah, this nurse had been kind of hostile towards me a little bit when I had Uh. asked like I had come out because Megan was going through the labor part of it Mm -hmm. and I was trying to find our nurse and like she kind of 
subtly bit my head off and just told me to go back to the room. Somebody would be in there. And mm. then she was also in the OR with us and made a point to come over and say, congratulations, daddy. And then walked out. <gasps> yeah, that I, I didn't, I didn't realize it was a safe nurse, but yeah, yeah, I remember that. That's so fucked up. I'm still, I'm still fucking pissed about it. <laughs> well, it wasn't that long ago. It was no, five months like, ago. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes it takes a long time to even process that stuff, right? Like it happens and then Mm-hmm. Yeah, as soon as she said, it's like, excuse me, and she was already gone. It's like, whatever, right. I have my baby. <laughs> yeah, so you didn't do anything about that? You didn't no, say I, anything? I, I, I should have, but I, I didn't. No, there's no should have. <laughs> there's no should have here. You dealt with it the way you dealt with it and how you had to deal with it in the moment, right? So there's no shoulds. But I'm sorry. That sucks. That's so annoying. Yeah. More than annoying. That's infuriating. Mm-hmm. That's sad, but keep saying infuriating in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of infuriating things that happen. <laughs> I think the other fun fun thing that we have happen a lot is right when you take him in for doctor's appointments or we had to take him to urgent care emergency room. So the doctor is like, they immediately are like, and so which one of you had the baby? And it's always a fun game to play. Like, it, it is a little bit of a fun game. His primary care doctor thought yeah. you for sure had had the baby for like yeah, they thought half I had the baby session. for a little bit, which is super affirming and flattering, but actually that, I can't yeah, take credit. This okay. is all Megan. <laughs> I guess I want to ask actually, how do the two of you identify? Do you identify as lesbians? Yeah, I, I, I'd say that. We're we're two women who love each other. So by definition, we're lesbians. I love that because I'm a lesbian too. Yeah. <laughs> Solidarity. Solidarity right here. I was just going to say that's such a lesbian thing. The whole like who gave birth. Right. So, yeah. I just yeah. wanted to make sure that I could say that. It's yeah. so lesbian. Yeah, totally it is. Yeah. Yeah. And You're I know it's so affirming for her too. And like, it, yeah. Because like, I struggled a little bit during the pregnancy because just like. Not being able to do that. Not being able to mm. carry, like, even though my body says, oh, you know, it'd be great is if you had a baby in you. Yeah, that's, that's got to be tough. Yeah. And then Chelsea did the yeah. hard work, too, with medication, too. That's induce. what helped. Yeah, that's what helped me was um, I induced lactation, which was. Oh, you did? I did. And. Wow. Right? Yeah. Can you talk us through it quickly? Like, just in case there's anybody out there who wants to know how to do it or has never heard of this. I definitely recommend you get a lactation consultant because I didn't, and it was very difficult. That it usually requires the use of a drug called Domperidone, and I actually learned about this through your show. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as, as soon as I heard that, I was like, "Oh my god, I gotta do that because that would be such oh an god. amazing process." I mean, fast forward to now, it's like <laughs> it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah, it's like kind of tricking your body into thinking it's pregnant, and then. Mm-hmm. Dropping those hormones and then adding in like the domperidone and like getting your prolactin up and then also pumping a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The pump, <laughs> oh God, the pumping, the pumping is so hard. Oh my God. Yeah, I hear oh, the, the pump pumping. in my sleep I know. sometimes. <laughs> that was oh, the, the funniest thing though was we were in our <laughs> parenting class and Chelsea had been producing for a while but like just droplets like just a yeah. little bit of drop here and there yeah. i was getting really frustrated and she's getting very, very frustrated and she's you know she would hand express and so we were watching the video on like how to hand express and we're like learning like how you actually do it and luckily our camera was off because chelsea goes to do it and she doesn't she just immediately squirts out across the room i screamed i was like ah! <laughs> <laughs> never oh done before. <laughs> yeah. It was very exciting. It was very exciting. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing though. Oh, you gotta love this virtual world we're living in. <laughs> oh my god. 
So where did you get the drugs, though, for it? Did you have to go through a doctor? The Dom Paradigm, no. Um, You have to go through this website and then, because it's not FDA approved. Right. Because, of course, anything that helps anybody, like, especially women, like, no, you can't have that. Anything that's like gender affirming in any way. Yeah, seriously. So we had to order it from New Zealand. And they kind of, they, what, they mask it through customs or something? Didn't you get the first time, like, your thousand (laughs) screws or something have cleared customs? It was something weird. (laughs) Here's your nails. (laughs) But then, of course, you know, like, it's so known at the same time like yeah. even though it's not fda approved like our lactation consultant yeah they knew hospital. about it they're like we can't we can't give you a prescription for it or anything but like yeah but one of them had even taken it herself yeah. to induce lactation as an older woman like cis woman and she's like oh yeah no i took that <laughs> but it's like but huh. we can't get it anywhere and but it worked for you and mm-hmm. you're both breastfeeding now yeah yep that's beautiful Teamwork makes a dream work. <laughs> Teamwork makes a dream because that's hard, man. Uh-huh. It's so hard breastfeeding. Yeah. So good job. Kudos to you, yeah. both of you. Yeah. I love that. And I just had a thought as we're talking. I was going to ask about second parent adoption, but you don't have to do that, do you? We don't have to do that. Oh, that's the dream. That's yeah. beautiful. I know. I do, I do want to still consult with a lawyer at some point just to make sure we're covered on it all because Chelsea has gone through the process of changing her name legally, yeah. uh, changing her birth marker on her birth certificate, her gender marker, and through our driver's license and everything. Washington's yeah. awesome about that. You don't even have to have documentation for that. You just say, I want to change my gender marker, and they do. I, there is a part of me that's like, first of all, you are you don't have the same name as on her marriage certificate. No, I don't. Now, she's on the birth certificate as parent, too, but there's still a part of me that's worried about the way the politics are going and stuff like do we right. need to still cover uh, ourselves in case uh, he's just it's like we're always waiting for the shoe to drop right mm-hmm. we yeah, think exactly. we're good but like, mm, just waiting for that other sh- this, it sounds like that's what your pregnancy was too just yeah. waiting for the shoe to drop and yeah. now here we are waiting for this shoe to drop like are we actually safe who we don't know like do you have to change your wedding certificate do you have to change your name so from what I've Googled about that, like you don't have to mm-hmm. and doing it is like email them and they'll send you another copy of it with yep. the other name. But like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they get many people who have changed their name completely or if they're like answering to Google based on just like changing the last name, yeah. right? After right. you get married. Mm. So I don't know. I have to, I still it's on my to-do list. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing though. So many things that queer folks have to think about when it comes to family. Yeah. You know, we don't just bang. And then like a child pops out nine months later (laughs) and everybody just assumes that the person you banged with is the the other parent. You know what I mean? (laughs) It doesn't work that way for us. There's so much um, red tape and whatever the terms are. So we've already had conversations like Jamie's only five months old, but we're already talking about like, okay, so what happens when someone asks us, how we got pregnant with him because telling the full story is outing Chelsea. And like, so it's kind of this game of like, how do you address that without talking about the trans piece? Right. Which we've, I read a thing that was like, well, if people are going to ask rude questions, you can just answer in rude ways and just be like, "Uh, that's none of your business. (laughs) I would love to be completely out and proud and everything, but like it, dangerous at the moment so like if i can kind of go under the radar like right it is it's very dangerous at the moment it's very scary 
Right. So yeah, you know what you say? It's none of your business. Or you say, we did IVF. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and don't just yeah, leave it at that. that. Yeah. Or, you know, you could just say, yeah, he's ours. Yeah. He's our kid. Exactly. We're both the parents. And let them think whatever they want to think about that. Either, yeah. oh, they just don't want to tell me or, you know what I mean? Let people have their own. Yeah. I don't know. But then you do have those nosy folks who are just going to be like, no, but you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> who's the dad? You know what I mean? And then, and then you got to get rude because there are those nosy people. No, that's not what I meant. I know you did have the ass like, but who's the and then you'll say dad, and then you'll be like, there's no fucking dad. No, but it's all the things we have to think about. And how are we going to talk to, and how are we going to talk to our kid about the kid's origin story? And how, you know, so yeah. there's so many things. There's one gender neutral children's book that talks about babies without talking about moms and dads. I think it's called What Makes a Baby. Thank Is you. That yes. It? What Makes yeah. a Baby. Yeah. I have that. Yeah. yeah. What Makes a Baby. So that's we have a good that one. one. And then mm-hmm. I also found a book recently that's called Me and My Dysphoria Monster, yeah. which I thought would be really good when Jamie starts to ask questions about trans and why people are trans, because it really does talk about that lens of... Yeah this dysphoria monster that gets bigger and bigger when you're called the wrong pronouns and the wrong name and, and how it gets smaller when you get to live the way that you, that you are. I love that. Can you email me uh, a link to that? I want that Mm. book. (laughs) I've never heard of this book. Now I need that book. Right. (laughs) That's something we've had to talk about. Just like, that's going to come up eventually. Like Mm -hmm. he's going to want to know like how he came to be. And like, you can't tell that story without everything, everything. And we know from studies that we're not, we can't lie. We can't withhold truth exactly. because our children, you know, deserve the whole truth. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but that's, you know, that's where we're winning us queer folks. Cause we're doing our best to be, to give these children the best lives they can possibly have. And we're being open and we're being honest. Every single, every single family I've talked to is ex- just being so intentional with first yeah. of all the way they made their families and then all and then the way they're parenting their families yeah. their mm-hmm. children right mm-hmm. we're so freaking intentional and we put so yeah. much work and thought into everything and it's yeah. evident just talking to you too mm-hmm. you know and it's a beautiful thing it is doesn't happen accidentally no it doesn't <laughs> i wish <if> only. <laughs> right? i don't know it would be a totally different situation though if it was an accident i don't know mm-hmm. and is there talk for more we're talking about potentially trying in the new year, um, close to Jamie's first birthday. Yeah. But financially, if it doesn't take, then we might have to wait until he's more like two. Yeah. So. Right. Well, you still have seven more yes. embryos. Yes. Yeah. My heart cut off though was okay. 40 years old. So I'm like, you know, if we're going to have two or, right. two or three, we've only got five <laughs> years left to get them in here. So. You got to get a move on. You got to yeah. start saving the money. Oh, my God. This has just been Amazing. I can't wait for number two. Keep me posted. Good luck with Jameson. I know it's a lot, but you're going to make it through. Babies are the best. Mm. And thank you so much for telling your story. Oh, I love you too. (laughs) Love the podcast. Yeah, we love the podcast. And like I was, when I messaged you, like we definitely wanted to try to share our story because like there's so many others who helped us. So Mm -hmm. hopefully this helps somebody else. Oh, I love that. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Exactly. <laughs> if you're yeah, and then this is this is a testimony. Like if you're sitting listening right now to this episode thinking, I I should I should write in, I should write in. This is your call. Mm-hmm. Write in because yeah, we need to hear your story. It's true. Mm-hmm. We need to hear them all. 
Thank you so much, both Thank of you. Thank you. Queer Family Podcast. Whew. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed that episode as much as I enjoyed it. And if you did enjoy it, feel free to listen to another or watch another. I have so many episodes for your listening or viewing pleasure. Just go pick one and, and enjoy. There's a lot. There really is. And also, if you really do like this show, please, I know I say it all the time, but please do consider supporting the show on Patreon. You're just going to go to patreon.com slash the queer family podcast. You're going to pick a tier. You're going to join and you're going to get that bonus content. And you're also going to get my love and adoration for the rest of my life. (laughs) I love you all. Thanks for tuning in. Keep on tuning in and I'll see you next time. Mwah. 